Welcome to another Global Supply Chain Week Fireside Chat. I'm Jack Dalio, and I'm joined by Vic Shao, who's the president of electrical vehicle, Electric Vehicle Fleet Charging Provider, uh, BP Pulse Fleet, which is a unit of BP Pulse, the EV charging subsidiary of British Petroleum, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Uh, Vic founded and was CEO of Ampli Power uh, before leading Ampli's acquisition by BP in December 2021 and rebranding that to Pulse. Uh, before that, he was the founder and CEO of Green Charge Networks, uh, distributed energy storage company. So Vic, thanks so much for joining us. Jack, it's terrific to be here. Thanks for that intro. Yeah, so we're, we're here to talk about EVs and the technologies that power them. Uh, so let's start by breaking down the current state of EV charging infrastructure in the U.S. Um, you know, as you know, there have been plenty of initiatives from lawmakers uh, and a growing number of EV manufacturers, and that's helped boost adoption in the past few years. Uh, we hit a milestone in 2021 when the U.S. EV adoption rate hit 5%. Uh, now, it's considered an inflection point for adoption. Uh, Norway hit that figure in 2014. They're at 88% adoption now. Uh, China hit it in 2020, and they're now at 29% adoption. Uh, the U.S. rate last year rose to 12%, which would suggest that we're also on that curve. Uh, so demand doesn't appear to be in question. But are EV charging networks in the U.S. keeping up enough to support that demand? Jack, short answer, no. Um, the state of the infrastructure, and we hear this again and again from our customers, um, the, the main barrier to adoption for them is the infrastructure, meaning, you know, they are ready to buy the vehicles now, but they can't because the infrastructure doesn't exist. Now, um, on the consumer side, that's uh, an easier problem. Well, it, it's really not, but it is still easier than it is with, with heavy duty because with heavy duty, you got several additional considerations. It's the amount of power that we're talking about. Um, and the, you know, that the power rate that the customers expect, the reliability that the customer expects. And so at BP Pulse Fleet, what we try to do is to solve the, you know, the, the main challenges on, on all of those fronts. So, you know, we, we do the deployment for them. We, uh, we set up and we give them the expectation for the energy costs and the software that organizes and sequences all of the charging sessions. And we give them a reliability target that we are comfortable in providing them a service on service level on. So we try to make this easy for them, but it is, uh, it is sort of the main challenge for our customer sets. So you're taking on a lot of the burden of these companies in setting up that infrastructure, which as you said, is, is a key pain point uh, for a lot of folks in this industry. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit more about what you and BP Pulse Fleet are doing to help close that gap between adoption and, and the capacity of the infrastructure? You know, what are what are the biggest issues you're looking to solve, and uh, what specific solutions have you introduced to help address those? Yeah, so I mean, we've touched hundreds of fleet operators across the country, and for the most part, it boils down to three main buckets of problems. So the first is energy costs. So uh, you know the if you think about it, in the in the gasoline or, or diesel world, I mean, fuel prices go up or down maybe you know twenty five percent in a year or something, right? And fleet operators have uh, have over time you know developed a budgeting process for fuel. It's it's the second highest opex right after driver labor, right? But with electricity in expensive markets, I mean, it's up or down by four hundred percent in a single day. 
So just think about that for, for, for a moment, going from 25% in a year of volatility to 400% in a day. So unless you can wrap your head around that volatility and you have a method in place that can lock that down, you really can't scale. You're stuck in pilot mode. And, um, and so that, um, that is one aspect. The second aspect is that, again, across hundreds of fleets, we have yet to encounter a single operator that says to us, okay, we will standardize on one make model of vehicles. That's all we're going to operate. Uh, or, or, you know, chargers too, for that matter. It's always a mixed operational scenario, different vehicle make models, different chargers make models. And, but, you know, the, the underlying need is the same. They need all of this to interoperate. They need all of this to be reliable. Um, and, and, and really the reliability is, is the third aspect, um, is, you know, ensuring that, that, um, you know, that they can scale for the future as they grow. So all three of these scenarios, we caught on very early, um, back, you know, it, it, that was a founding principle of Ampli, in fact, back in 2018, is that they really need to adopt a, uh, a set of software tools that will automate a lot of these processes and charging and integrating with their existing scheduling apps and dispatch apps so that everything is sequenced properly and everything is reliable. So those are the three categories of problems that we see out there and, you know, and how we solve it is, is through a combination of uh, software automation, combination making it easy for them, use, you know, doing the, the charging deployment for them, and then afterwards uh, providing the service level guarantees so that they continuously operate reliably. Yeah, let's let's dig into that a little bit more um, because you know I think much of the conversation around EV adoption has centered around you know passenger vehicles. Uh, that's where the bulk of the government initiatives have been focused. Uh, it's where most of the charging companies have been targeting early market share. Um, but we're now starting to see um, some, albeit very light, uh, EV adoption in the last mile in the trucking space. Uh, those industries are still lagging way behind passenger adoption. So, uh, can you speak more to what needs to happen? Uh, for commercial EVs like electric delivery vans and electric trucks specifically uh, to, to see that level of adoption? Right. So we already touched on several uh, of the key variables, but I'll just add a few more. So um, so price, <laughs> like the, the cost of the hardware, uh, not only the vehicles, but the infrastructure um, is, 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 is a big barrier. Uh, of course, you know, with IRA, with the Inflation Reduction Act, that was enacted last year, it has really turned the landscape from a piloting and, you know, and, and just trying it into all of a sudden this year, starting this year into an economic uh, scenario. It's more cost efficient. It's more operationally efficient. The company will, the operator will save more money by converting to electric whole scale uh, and, and now. And um, and so it, it becomes an economic decision. So I think that's a really important uh, barrier that we are unlocking this year. Secondly, uh, it's the time to deploy infrastructure. So we get this complaint <laughs> a lot, you know, when uh, customers aren't used to the um, the permitting uh, requirements, the HJ requirements, the utility service upgrade process uh, for the infrastructure and all of that. Um, 
And so over time, we've sort of leaned out of those processes at BB Pulse Fleet. We've introduced additional products and service offerings. Uh, we call it InRush. That uh, that really shortens the the timeframes for deployment. So um, so uh, yeah, hopefully that answers your questions. You know, what are the main sort of considerations for adoption? Yeah. So so clearly there are plenty of considerations that uh, that folks need to make when they're looking to acquire an EV. Um, and I, I think even beyond that, um, you know, that the price point and then some of the things that are affecting consumer sentiment. Uh, you've also got some uh, some more macro issues, some wider issues that could affect adoption. Uh, I think there's three things that a lot of folks worry about. Um, the first is, is uh, having enough chargers, which we've, of course, discussed uh, pretty thoroughly here. Um, the second being uh, that the electric grid won't have enough capacity to handle all these vehicles. Uh, and the third being that we'll run out of lithium. Um, you know, in your view, uh, which of these three is going to be the greatest challenge for the industry moving forward? Or, you know, is there another obstacle that people aren't really talking about? Um, you know, uh, I, I get this question a lot, whether the grid can can handle sort of the volume of, um, of, of adoption that is coming. And I'll, you know, and I'll, and I'll answer that, you know, by giving you some data points. So um, every year on U.S railways, uh, about 3.1 trillion miles are driven. And that requires about one and a quarter, maybe, trillion kilowatt hours of energy. Um, just for perspective, I mean, the grid currently today uh, generates and consumes about 4 trillion kilowatt hours. So 1.25 trillion is about another 31% of growth. So in other, in other words, another 31% of electricity generation will handle a scenario where all 260 million vehicles on the road today go electric. So in other words, it's not, it's actually not a heavy lift. Absolutely doable, absolutely doable. Um, so I think that's one of the answer um, to your question. Lithium, there's plenty of lithium out there. That's not, that's really not a problem there. We just haven't built. We just haven't looked. Um, so I think you know it's just just, just some short answers to to, uh, to to your questions, perhaps. Got it. So, um, you know, why why do you um, why do you think that people so often will bring up those factors as as concerns with EV adoption? Uh, you, you know, what's uh, what's the reasoning there? We're humans. You know, humans don't like changes. Um, that's, that's, that's fundamentally it. I mean, it's, it is a new technology is scary. Um, it's, it's not comfortable. Like, uh, you know, when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone back in 20, 2007, there were plenty of naysayers who, uh, you know, will never move off of Blackberries and will have, we need to have a keyboard embedded in the, in the smartphone, a manual keyboard. We can't have just a, you know, just a keyboard on a, on a flat screen. That's never going to work. Um, so that's just what happens over uh, at the beginning of, a, of an adoption curve. Um, but the way that you overcome that is to make things massively simple and easy for the customer to transition. Um, electric, you know, electric is a better experience. That's fundamentally the, the first principle 
of it all. If you ask any um, EV drivers, and now starting with some even you know heavy duty Class Eight drivers that have tried the first waves of, of Volvo and uh, and Daimler E-Cascadias and, and Tesla semis, all of them unequivocally will tell you they'll never go back to a nice vehicle. I mean, this is this is the greatest thing they've ever they've ever seen. So that's at the root of it all. And if that's the case, if that's what the consumer and what the customer wants, then it's going to happen. Yeah, and we're we're seeing that be uh, steadily reflected in in the numbers. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, the U.S. hit that five percent adoption rate in twenty twenty one. That's now up to twelve percent. Uh, that's that's much faster growth than we're used to seeing uh, as people are starting to you know familiar familiarize themselves. Uh, with this kind of technology. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned uh, sort of the future of this industry. I want to talk about that a little bit more as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of new and exciting technologies and strategies that are emerging EV charging. Um, and I, I want to talk about Pulse's role in that. Um, you know, just last month, uh, Pulse announced that it, it's planning to invest a total of a billion dollars in EV charging across the U.S. Uh, by 2030. And then uh, also just this month, uh, BP, uh, the parent company, acquired uh, Travel Centers of America. That's going to help you build out your U.S. network. Um, so, can you talk about what sorts of initiatives are you, you're looking at in 2023 and beyond? You know, what's what's kind of your roadmap for the years ahead? We have big goals and big dreams. Um, you can also go back to last year. You know, the announcement with Tesla, where we're doing their infrastructure at uh, at airports and city centers. We announced GigaHubs uh, with. Uh, with together with with our partner Hertz, um, and uh, I mean you, you can see where we're where we're trending. I mean we're trending to large scale, uh, fast charging depots at very conveniently located, uh, you know, locations all across the U.S. Um, so that's that's the goal. That's the ambition. I mean we the way that we see the landscape is that there there is. Um, uh, there is a lot of uh, thought that's put into locating EV chargings uh, at along highway corridors, for example. Um, and, uh, you know, Tesla, uh, you know, Electrify America, they have done a pretty good job at locating, uh, at least for highway driving, those locations. But everywhere else, like at shopping malls or um you know, city center locations, perhaps it's a little bit haphazard, um, and it's not very well thought through. The user scenario is not very thought through, well thought through. There's a lot of room for improvement, and in and in fact, even if you think about the supercharging network, that even though it's reliable, uh, there is still a great deal of room for improvements. Like you know, a lot of the locations I visited have you know eight charging bays or 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 ten. Um, and it's at a corner of a of a of a of a parking lot at a shopping strip, and uh, it's really dark at night, and you don't feel safe. I mean, you just want to go out of the car, plug in your car, and then jump right back into the car. You don't want to leave because you don't feel safe. Um, so I think there is a, a significant amount of room for improvement uh, in the charging experience, and that's what BB Pulse aims to um, aims to change. Yeah. So, so in short, the uh, the infrastructure is is not not quite there yet. Uh, that that much is clear. But uh, we're already seeing a bunch of innovation happening, and uh, we're going to see a whole lot more. Uh, if what you said is any indication, um, 
Vic, thanks so much for joining us on uh, this fireside chat for Global Supply Chain Week. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jack, and it's and it was a pleasure.